This is The Netball Show. You are with Grandstand. The Netball Show. On ABC Grandstand Digital. If you thought this trans-Tasman season in 2013 was all about it's a kind of magic, think again. Peter Walsh welcoming you to Nosy About Netball as we look ahead to round four. Only two undefeated teams and two that haven't quite been able to scratch out a victory. West Coast Fever will fight to stay in the top four this week and the Sydney Swifts will try and arrest a slump that could become quite dangerous. Results from last week. The Adelaide Thunderbirds 60 beat Southern Steel 6 after being five down at quarter time. Fever upset Magic by 6, 57 to 51. Firebirds were too strong for the Mystics, 72 to 51. Pulse caused more pain for the Swifts, 55 to 49. And the Vixens held top spot, beating Tactics by 20, 60 to 40. Also in the program, we speak to Malawi netball player Mayawi Kumwenda. There's a fair bit happening. Let's start on court with the dramatic game in Dunedin. Southern Steel led the T-Birds by five at quarter time, but got the staggers. The visitors stole the show and won by six. Rebecca Bully was one of the Thunderbirds who wore a victor's smile. Definitely grinning from ear to ear. It was, uh, it was a long trip over Dun- to Dunedin, but um, it was obviously a, a nice trip back knowing that we were the winners. Well, Rebecca, watching the game from afar, a slow start, you're down by five. That second quarter, a 13-goal turnaround at the highest level of netball in the world. How did that happen? Oh, <laughs> oh it was such a good turnaround. Like that first quarter, I think we just had a couple of silly errors in a row, which, you know, put us sort of four or five goals down. And I think it was a bit of a wake-up call. Like, oh, no, you know, we can't go any more down than this. And particularly when they've got someone like Janelle Fowler as a target, we just we put our heads down. And, yeah, second quarter, we just blew them out of water. I think 21 goals to eight. So, you know, that's fantastic to score 21 goals in a quarter and to keep a team like that to eight was fantastic effort. Was anything specific said by Jane Woodland-Thompson at quarter time to reignite the troops? Oh, I'm sure there was, but to be honest, I can't really remember. <laughs> um, like, even though we were down, we all still felt really confident. Um, as I said, it was only a few silly errors. Um, we had Sammy Pullman come on. She did a great job in that second quarter. Got some crucial turnovers. But to be honest, it was really just a full-court defensive pressure. I think we had Tyler Borrego taking intercepts, you know, down in the in the goal. Mm-hmm. So when, when you've got that pressure the whole way down the court, you know, it's just And there's one thing then to have that momentum, but then you've got to hold on and playing away from home, you know that the home side's going to come back and try and smack you in the face. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the Southern Steel, they just have such a great reputation of being hard to beat when they're at home. A very vocal crowd. You know, we were sort of prepared for everything. I think there's been streakers down there in the past. Streakers? Tell me more. <laughs> well, I wasn't a pilot, but apparently, uh, all, uh, yeah, two years ago, I think, yeah, streaker ran across the court against when they're playing the fever. But um, we were prepared for everything. We you know we just were so determined to win this game, particularly after a disappointing loss last week. And you get off the court, you sit down. What's the reaction amongst the team members? You're away from home and you've scored one of the better victories ever by the club. Oh, well, I, to be honest, I just could not stop smiling. Like, I think everyone was just so happy. We feel like we're, you know, where we should be. But to be honest, and something that we said after the game was, you know, we can't take it easy now. That's our standard. We want to keep improving from that. 
And one of the big things is the issue is, is the travel. It's not just a matter of, oh, you fly for an hour and you're there. Give us an idea as to how you prepare yourself and when you're on the way, what you do to maintain a real focus. Yeah, well, obviously it's important that we do as much as we can to limit the impact the flying has. So we all wear our compression garments by Under Armour and you know, make sure that we eat the right foods, drink plenty of water. Uh, when we get there, we usually do some recovery, like a walk and a stretch. Um, but going into that game, I think we all admitted that we all felt really fresh and um, you know on the ball, and I think that showed as well. And obviously, just coming home, like it was a late trip last night. We didn't get in till 11 p.m., but yeah, we've got today off, so I'm just enjoying that, and we'll be ready for the Fever again on Sunday. And of course, the Fever scoring a mighty victory over Magic, which gives us even more reasons to salivate about this weekend's clash. Oh, it's going to be a great game. We actually watched some of the Fever Magic match while we were sitting at the airport in Dunedin, and they were just on fire. Like, they were just so quick. They were taking all their penalties really quickly. Um, just, you know, obviously, they've got some great talent in that team and, you know, um, some physical defenders, apparently, according mm-hmm. to Irene Van Tyck. So we don't have to prepare really well for them at training this week. That's the benefit of the competition. You're playing each week and you're back on deck now in front of a massive home court. And the win, you think about it in the context of the season, so far down early, coming back, and I'm reckoning that the guy who was the pilot in the plane might have had to say a few times, would the Thunderbirds players please keep the noise down? <laughs> Oh, well, to be honest, I think we're probably all sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <in the> movie. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just like we couldn't stop talking. Like, we're all just so excited about it. Very happy with the result. Uh, great team effort. Like, even the girls on the bench, they were just so noisy the whole game. So it really was a team effort. And a day off, what do you do? Oh, I'm actually at work at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, And what's work for you then, Rebecca? Well, I'm the Netset Go coordinator at NetBoySA. So, you know, I sort of work four days a week and, you know, most of the time I go straight from work to training. So it's a pretty busy lifestyle, but I enjoy it. It keeps me out of trouble. Rebecca Bully, captain of the home team, Jodie Brown, reflects on a disappointing act after the first break. Yeah, definitely. We had a bit of a shocker of the second quarter. We were lost by 13. So, um, yeah, it's just disappointing because we feel like the second quarter let us down because apart from that, you know, we were pretty even throughout the last of the rest of the game. What do you put that down to? Oh, look, I think in the second quarter they came out and upped their the pressure and um, we just lost connections and we talked at the beginning of the game about having connections from goal kick to goal shoot and um, really making sure that you know we can um, keep in touch with each other and, and with the sustained pressure that came on in the second quarter we kind of went into ourselves a little bit rather than stick together. You got back and you, and, and you got close. You, you gave yourselves a little chance there, but I suppose just sort of left yourself a little bit too much ground to make up. Yeah, definitely. And against a team like um, Thunderbirds, you know, you can't do this. And I think, you know, we, we, we took a risk and put Phoenix out there in the last quarter and, and hoped that she'd get us some ball. And they were just too slick and um, experienced on that end and end. I suppose there's a, there's a little bit of positives that, that you can take out of that, given that, you know, for, for three quarters of the game, uh, you were in with a real sniff. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, while we're really disappointed and, and I guess probably gutted because we know that we could have probably um, taken the game, you know, you've got to look at our team. We're, we're new this year versus, you know, them who are top four contenders and been together for three years. So while we'd be disappointed and have a bit of a sulk this afternoon, I think we can take some real confidence knowing that we can compete at the you know, top end of this competition. And I guess give yourselves a pat on the back. The shooting circle of yours, I'm just looking at the numbers here, but there's some bloody good statistics. Yeah, I guess um, probably that's one of our strengths is we know that once we get into the circle, we can convert it. And 
So I guess it's just making sure that we can get the ball re- there really easily. And, and, you know, with a big target like Janelle in the back, you know, we just need to get it to the stickle edge and feed it into her. Jodie Brown talking with Nick Walker. The Sydney Swift shaky start to the season continued with Pulse sorting out the visitors by six. Donna Wilkins was glad to pick up the points. Pretty happy with the win, you know. It was a bit of a struggle. It was a tight foot battle and um, we knew it was going to be. They came off a big big loss last week so they were never going to be easy beats but it's finally great to get across the line. And that third quarter was really crucial, wasn't it? And it, it, it was a bit topsy-turvy at, at some points but um, you held your nerve in that third quarter. Look, we did. We knew we just had to score off our own and I know that's basic netball and probably an old cliche but it worked and I think we did that with a lot of confidence and... Um, you know, we didn't let them get back in that two-goal buffer at the end, and it was a fantastic ball by Hoochie down the back there. I could have ran down and kissed her. And it seemed the timing between you and Thwaites just got better as the game went on. You were really in sync in that fourth quarter. Yeah, we were. Look, I gave her a couple of stray passes here and there, trying to get that target target right. Some were a bit big, some were a bit small. But, yeah, no, it's really coming together, and, and it's exciting. We're looking forward to next week. I think uh, Camilla Lees and... Victoria Smith did a really great job defensively and they really helped out your circle defenders. Well, they did, and you look in that last quarter, I don't know how many passes at one stage the Swifts took to get it in. Yeah, they got it in the end, but what a fantastic effort by those four. And, um, you know, we're cheering them on on that transverse line, but it was was a great effort defensively and we got the ball when it counted. And Leota... She was she was just magic tonight. She she took so many hits from Monia Gerard, but, but she stood strong and she just releases as soon as she sees you. Yeah, look, it's great playing with Lara again, and I think the last two games she's been really good as well. And it's just a just a matter of you know getting that passing cut game, and and Lara's really good at driving onto that circle edge. And yeah, Monia is there on her back, but that's what it's all about. And um, she did really well to hold her own ground because she's only little out there. And so you've got the steel next week in Palmerston North. I guess one of the uh, focuses this week will be um, how to shut down Janelle Fowler. Who's she? <laughs> oh, the Jamaican. Yeah, the tall one. Yeah, look, um, nothing different to last week really, is it, at, at the end of the day. And um, look, we're going to go away, enjoy this win, and um, then debrief and look forward to the steel next week. It's another home game for us, so we've got to use that to our advantage. Donna Wilkins speaking with Bridget Tunnycliffe. Swift's warrior Monia Gerard has real concerns about the start to this season. Not much to enthuse. No, it hasn't, and it hasn't been the best start either. So those two games that we had on the trot in New Zealand, our first quarter let, lets us down. So we've got to regroup and, I guess, start better. You know, we can't just let those teams slip in um, in that first five minutes, and that's what we did. I think they had like eight to our three, so... And um, the Central Pulse really did a good job of shutting the ball down, especially in the second half. There were multiple passes that had to go back to the mid-court just to go back into the shooting circle. Yeah, there's a few restarts down there, and I like to think that we um, we are pretty patient with that ball, but it does take away the percentage of us you know, hitting the post when we can because we don't want to have like 20 passes before we take a shot. So we got to work on those things because we, we're pretty good at being short and sharp but um, we just need to limit those amount of passes to get us under the post. And do you enjoy coming up against Liana Leota? All the time. She gives me just as much grief as I give her so I'm happy with it. She gives me a knuck, niggle and we both laugh at it. It's, it's game on when we're on the court but off the court you know we're alright we get along. I could have a glass with her if I wanted to but you know it's a game and I'm out there to fight for it. And so you return home, and next week you've got the Firebirds. Um, are you looking forward to playing on home soil and maybe having umpires that you're used to? <laughs> you know, we've, we've experienced a New Zealand style of umpiring 
for ages now. You know, this is the sixth season of the ANZ Championship. So I don't know why everyone keeps complaining. Everyone knows what the Australian style is. Everyone knows what the New Zealand style is. And we just have to, I guess, readdress that to each game that we play up against. Yeah, it'll be a good fight against Firebirds. They're a tall timber um, team. And we're kind of a short, sharp kind of uh, outfit out there. So we kind of need to keep that swift, swift passes that we do normally do at training and, and convert that to the um, on the court when we play against... Um, you know, games like against Pulse and Firebirds. Would you view the Central Pulse as probably being the second strongest New Zealand team behind the Magic? They've always been good fighters. Since the inception of his ANZ Championship, they've always a big tussle. So you never let your guard down when it comes to Pulse. It just, yeah, we gave them a sniff in the first five and look, they punished us at the end. Monia Gerard speaking to Bridget Tunnicliffe. This is your weekly netball fix. Nosy about netball. Up next, Kate Palmer, the CEO of Netball Australia, about how much money is in the cash registers. Hi, I'm Matt Clinch from the ABC Grandstand team. Join me each Monday for a wrap-up of each round of the AFL season. We'll bring you results, highlights and upcoming match information as heard on ABC Grandstand. Work his way to the clear, he did! Goal! If you missed previous episodes of The Final Siren on ABC Grandstand Digital, you can listen online at abc.net.au forward slash grandstand. The Final Siren on ABC Grandstand Digital and online. On ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Netball Show. You are with Grandstand. The Netball Show. Peter Walsh with you as we continue our weekly look at the world of netball. The CEO of Netball Australia, Kate Palmer, is in negotiating mode at the moment with the players in the Diamond Squad trying to work out a better financial deal. We have a representative or bargaining group and the Players Association is represented by the Australian Workers' Union uh, and so the, the bargaining party really consists of uh, a director from uh, the Players Association from the Australian Workers' Union and two of our athletes. So it's a, I have to say it's a very productive process. Their job is obviously to go back to the athletes and, and talk to them about what we're offering and make sure that we can find some common ground on, on a number of issues. And we have, I have to say, there's been, it's, been, uh, it's been ongoing since last year and, and we've got some great new um, policies in place. Uh, we've worked together on, I think, some big steps forward for the sport in terms of uh, how the players can uh, use their rights, their commercial rights, and how do they can use our rights, uh, and, and lots of ideas about how we can work together more closely. Kate, are we talking specifically about the Diamonds players? At the moment, this is directly related to, uh, in, and look at the most, 18 athletes, but I guess in reality it's 12 athletes. Is there ever going to be down the track uh, us sitting back and saying that they could be totally professional, full-time athletes? I think they already are, Peter, in general. And the, these athletes, um, and this is probably one of the things that we're, we're trying to make sure that we're, we're clear about at the moment, these athletes are now earning a very reasonable income. And in, in, in several instances, they'd be earning over $100,000 a year. And so from our perspective, it's saying, well, you know, and this is, this is in essence, and I know they do train uh, for longer than this, but in essence, it's eight, eight and a half months of the year. Uh, this is what they do. So I, I actually don't know. If, I would describe that as being professional. Now, the beauty is that some of them uh, still do other things. Now, this is not every athlete, and some of our younger, maybe up-and-coming uh, diamonds are still having to work and, and I'm not saying their lives are e easy by, by any means because they work very, very hard for this and uh, so 
I think they're professional now, Peter, and they behave professionally, that's that's for sure. Very true, very true. Have you uh, reached a stage now where you're just about signed off on what they're looking for? No, no, look, they um, they put demands to us which, uh, you know, look, well, actually, they're not financially sustainable for the sport. I mean, we'd love them to be, and if, if uh, for us, the big gap is still broadcast. If we had a, a broadcast deal that provided us with... Um, the resources, well, you know, the players absolutely deserve a share in that and, and we would willingly hand it to them. But at this point, we're still not there. We've, we have to raise revenues in lots of other ways. So our test matches are really critical to us. You know, we don't have a... We still don't have a, a sponsor, corporate partner for the Diamonds. We've, we've got a government partner in ANFA, uh, which is wonderful. Um, so I think we've, we've, there's still some gaps. And for, for us as a sport, it's about balancing the needs of participants because we are a massive massive participation sport with the needs of you know our 12 to 18 uh, professional athletes at the top and I have to say it's not easy and and it's hard for them to understand because you know they work hard and they they deserve to be paid it's about what that amount is. Uh, Is there a concern coming through in your voice that this could be a stalemate? Oh look I hope that we can um, uh, I can hope that we can reach agreement I have to say we have pushed I believe beyond what we can afford and I must admit in that case I'll be I know what I'll be doing with my time over the next two years is is working really hard in to to try and increase our revenues so that we we can afford to pay them what um, what we're offering. Uh, they've actually demanded significantly more than that, and and you look it's, it would be irresponsible of me as a CEO, be irresponsible of the board to to actually approve um, payments that we we actually just can't fundamentally can't afford. We would have to uh, you know, and I looked at our executive team here and said, you know, well who's going to lose? You know, do we cut our development? programs in in half do we cut our um, media team do we you know you know can we we can make choices but at the end of the day I think it's about being responsible and um, and I think I think the offer on the table I have to say it's significantly better than what they're being paid and uh, uh, so I, I, I'm hoping that we're nearly there and I think there are other opportunities too uh, leading into the Netball World Cup to provide other resources for them yeah, for for other activities when would you hope then Kate that this will be put to bed put to rest oh, look they've, we've, they've got an offer from us at the moment that we're hoping they're going to look favorably on uh, so and look I think we're closer than we have have ever been I'm just hoping that uh, common sense prevails we can reach reach an agreement uh, it's not I have to say it's not a it's not a great um, it's not a good thing to be um, having to go through, I have to say, but it's just a reality, I guess, of the time, which is great. The sport's reached this point where where it is a, such a, a large tension between uh, the sport and, and the athletes. Kate Palmer. Malawi will be visiting Australia later this year to play some test matches. One of their squad members lives in Victoria, Miami Kumwenda. She's a welcome guest to our program. Thank you. No worries. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about where you were born and how you got involved in netball. I was playing in Cook Islands in 2009. I was the best shooter and one girl from Australia, she just saw me there and she 
he said this one is a good shooter so you can play Maui for our team in Australia and I said yes. Really? So you came to Australia after impressing others? Yeah but I didn't come on 2010, I came in 2011. So tell me about uh, netball in Malawi, how strong is it? Uh, in Malawi netball is not much like strong like here in Australia. In Malawi we started netball like 15 years, uh, 15 to 15, 20 years because of lack of sponsorship. Because here in Australia, people they started netball like six years, so it's hard in Malawi to be like a good team like here in Australia. Did you play netball at school? Yeah, I played in primary school and secondary school. Now, were you uh, good enough to play in the best team right from a young age? Yeah, I started playing like 16 years and I started going to Malawi national team in 19 years. How exciting was that to play for your country? Yeah, I am. Um, so excited to play for my country because it's like young girls are not getting into play. They're getting into play like maybe in 21 years old, so it's hard. Now, what are your memories of the first time you played for Malawi? Who did you play against? I played against South Africa in Deben. It was a friendly game. It was a good game. And I was in bench, but last quarter, my coach put put in on court. So I played there well. Were you nervous? Yeah, I was nervous. Most of the time when I'm playing my games, I get nervous. Do you? Yes. Now, do mum and dad watch you? No, not my mum or my, my dad. I don't have dad. My my dad passed away when I was, I was young, and I've got only mum. But my mum lives like in a village, so she can't watch me. Now, brothers and sisters, do you have any? Yeah, I've got four sisters and three brothers. But I'm the youngest in our family. Do any of the others play netball? No, it's only me playing netball. Right. So when you moved from Malawi to Australia, what was that like? Tell us about your experiences now that you're in Australia. You know, Malawi and Australia try different, different, different life. But I meet good people. They teach me a lot about netball. Now, how about the Fast Five Netball World Series? You are very good. The way I play here in Australia, so I get like good experience to my coaches. And sometimes when I was there and I asked, what should I do to this prayer? Because, but I tried my best to play good for my country. Will you be playing for Malawi in the Test Series in Australia later on? Yes. Yeah, we're in October, but... I don't know, up to now, the girls are not yet started training. And will you go back to Malawi before the test series? Yeah, I'll go back and meet them in camp. It sounds like a real buzz for you. How old are you? Me, I'm 23 now. 23. Now, what would you like to do with your sporting life in the future? It's like I want to be like maybe a coach so that I can teach like young kids in Malawi. I started already, but sometimes it's hard to get sponsorship there in Malawi to teach like girls net netball at primary schools because I want good future netball in Malawi like here in Australia. How tough is it then to get accreditation as a coach? It's tough because sometimes you can meet good people, sometimes you can meet bad people, but I'll try my best to be good to, to, be good to them so that they can listen what I'm saying because I have learned a lot here in Australia for netball because here in Australia it's good netball than other countries. Yes, and uh, in Malawi, how popular is netball? I can say maybe it's like second sport. A second sport uh, behind what sport? Football. Now, away from uh, netball, how have you enjoyed Australia? Do you like living here? Yeah, I like living here. I like playing netball here in Australia than in Malawi. But do you like the country, Australia? Yeah, I like Australia. <laughs> yeah, I like everything is good for me and good people.
good lovely people and I meet good friends. Yeah, I like playing it but here. That's wonderful. Maybe one, maybe one day I can play for ANZ Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Well, you're a delightful netball player from Malawi and we wish you all the very best and thank you for talking to me. Oh, thanks so much, Mayawi Kumwenda. This week's round, Saturday, the Thunderbirds West Coast, Central Pulse against Southern Steel. Sunday, New South Wales Swifts, Queensland Firebirds and Canterbury Tactics up against the Northern Mystics. The Vixens have the bye and Magic have the bye. There's always a fair bit happening in the world of netball. Thanks to the production skills of Andrea Williamson. Let's talk again at the same time next week. Peter Walsh for Nosy About Netball. The Bell Lap on ABC Grandstand Oh, damn it. Missed it again. If you've missed a show on Grandstand Digital, don't worry. You can go online and listen again. Simply log on to abc.net.au slash grandstand and click on the audio link. So if you miss a show, you know where to go. abc.net.au slash grandstand.